What's up, happy people? Welcome back to another episode of Perception is a Bitch. And as excited as I sound in that intro, I am fucking tired, y'all. I am tired. I wake up tired. I go to work tired. I come back home fucking tired. And I know everyone around me feels the exact same way. Shit, that's all adulting is. We're all fucking tired. And yet, even though we're all fucking exhausted, we all keep playing this money game like we're just gonna keep playing forever. No one actually knows when the shit ends. On today's episode, we're gonna talk about the exit strategy. How do we get out of this shit? Yo. I want out. Get me out of this rat race. Doesn't everyone want out of the rat race? I need it. No one's in strategy. No, no one's in the rat race going, you know, I just want to be here. I love being I don't a rat. Know, some people act like they be liking most, this most shit. People, They're right. Like, oh, I'm here for the cheese. <laughs> I like this shit. The rat walks into the trap wanting the cheese. Yep. And then he just gets snacked. Now now it's like, oh, this is my home. Yeah. So look, every perception is one of those concepts and ideas that people think they understand but once you start having them explain it you begin to realize that their understanding like of time it travel we all understand it in theory but when you ask someone to explain it it starts getting complicated yeah or just ask people think they know what time is until you ask them to explain it and then they're like well you know it's this thing yeah. it goes around the clock and like someone well made up the, the, the yeah, minutes and the seconds. You begin to realize that their understanding of time is very, very surface. They don't understand how far down the rabbit hole it goes. Perception is the same way. We all understand it in like, oh, perspective, you know, how I think, how somebody else thinks. We think different, you know, uh, accept people for their differences and all that shit. That's part of it. That's only the introduction. Okay. We don't understand. That's 101. That's perception 101. We don't even begin to understand the influence this concept has on the outcome of our lives. And most times you lack perspective and don't even know you lack perspective. Now we're going down the briar patch. Okay. One of. Please <laughs> don't throw me in the briar patch. Yeah. One way is when it comes to how we think about this money thing. And. That's kind of what we're talking about today is to kind yeah. of give some perspective on Don't it. Don't get to see the financial side of us. Yeah. Maybe maybe you hear it and you go, oh, you know what? I never thought about it that way. This is one way to think about it. Maybe this provides value to you in some way. So everyone's out here working their jobs. That nine to five that grind. That nine to five grind. And we're all fucking. Though these days we salaried, you know, it's more like a, a seven to eight grind. Salaried is just another word for slavery. You're basically there until the job get done. The yep. only place I've seen that got done is a plantation field. Picking cotton. You're out here from sunrise to sunset or till the job gets done. Yep. Somebody just came up with the concept and was like, you know what? Let's just keep them salaried. Just cap them. Right. Econom and look. This whole economy or economic game, and I don't laugh at my accent, I'm going to geek <laughs> out on cute. people. I'm going to geek out on people. Because when it came down to physical slavery, the master had to, had to house and feed the slaves. Yep. But in this new economic slavery, the we system. We got to do that we, shit ourselves. This new slavery system we got going. 
the slaves have to house and feed themselves. Like this is some ingenious shit right now. If you want to eat nicer and if you want to live nicer, you're going to work longer. You're going to work longer. Right. So I thought it would be of value to go over our strategy. Yes. Yes. And and so, so basically Deji and I early on in our relationship had a come to Jesus meeting. Oh, I had to come to Jesus meeting with you. True. Exactly. Because I, I remember working back then and I was in my early 20s. And I'm like, Sarah, I don't see how people do this shit. <laughs> I'm tired. So, I'm tired. I'm already tired and I'm 20. <laughs> I don't plan to be doing this. for a- Like this sucks. <laughs> Even if I were doing what I love to do, I don't know that I want to do it that long. Yeah. So we looked at each other. He looked at me. He's like, I don't want to do this shit that long. You didn't understand what I was saying at the yeah. time. You were still like, oh, you know, we're just going to work. And, you know, Like they, everyone works until every, they're like 50, 60. We'll be fine. You know? That's just how life goes. So, and I'm like, because everyone likes perspective. Yeah. So we, we basically decided or you explained to me and I agreed eventually. It took me five years to get you on board with this plan. So I had to run the plan I had to, solo. I had to create a whole new paradigm shift yeah. in my mind. I had to run this plan solo for the long two you, you got on board. You solo. I was still running with you. I was just running blind. I was. I was re- holding I was, your hand, running blind, because I didn't see the path yet. I was redirecting your finances in a way you had no control over, which led to our separation <laughs> for five, for uh, five, six I, months. Like I said, I was blind. I didn't. Yeah. I once was blind, but now I see. <laughs> okay, moving on. Okay. So, anyways, we came to this agreement finally on the same page now. Uh, where we realized that this working to 50 to 60, 70 years old and possibly not even having retirement set up then, because I know a lot of people in that age demographic that still don't have retirement set up, that shit is not happening for us. So, like we said, if you're an economic slave, which we all are in this day and age. Everyone's an economic slave. You have to house and feed yourself, which the the nicer you live, the bigger house, the nicer car, the fancier foods, then the longer you're going to be a slave because the name of the game is to get yours, get out. So we That's my chose. Line. That's hey, my line. I know. Like Sarah, this money game is to get in the game, get yours, get yours, and, and get, get the out. fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> that was that movie. Before you say, before you say that, let me give the analogy that helps put all this in perspective. Okay, Kev. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. Well, I was just going to wrap it back up to we came to that conclusion of we basically had to work backwards. We realized that there's no one saving us. There's no Social Security. There's no 401k that can save aggressively enough. There's no pension fund. There's nothing. Um, Companies are not set up the same way they were for our grandparents. And the government is not set up the same way it was for our grandparents. So we don't have those same illusions of safety. We have to figure this shit out ourselves. So that's where Deja and I came to agreement. We said like, okay, at the latest, we'd like to be retired by 45. It was more like 40 for me. You will be 35 yeah. at the time. Well, the, I'm just well, saying 36. like worst case scenario, Detour, if we had if setbacks right, right. and shit like that. You know, 2020 happens, Corona. Yeah, which exactly. Which actually 2020 turned out to be a very good year. So actually uh <laughs> well with the stocks and everything right, it worked right, out okay. but hey that might hit us on the backside 2021 we no, don't no, know what's in the future <laughs> 2021 could be worse if this trend continues no one knows but my point is we had to set 
a goal for ourselves and work backwards and say, okay, so if that's the case, then we have to save aggressively. And that means saving X amount for X amount of years and then putting it in an investment fund so we can get this times returned. And basically you have to figure out how much you need at the end and then set your timeline backwards, which means Deji and I have been living on a shoestring budget. We still live, if you come to our apartment, I still eat. What, we what, eat ramen for lunch. We had ramen like, noodles for lunch because, God forbid, we can't have a yeah. meal that's over a dollar. We did get the fancy cheese with it. If today. the <laughs> it, like each meal cannot be over a dollar fifty. Yeah, dollar fifty. But, but le, le, let me let me give the analogy. Let me give the analogy. Okay, I was just go. <laughs> just finish my thought. <laughs> okay, this thoughts taking fucking long. You want pennies for your thoughts? Hey, it's one way to get to retirement. <laughs> Pennies for my Robin Peter to pay Paul. That's <laughs> okay. Well, I'll, I'll let it go then. I just was saying we we worked backwards, and that's why we have been living on an extreme budget thus long, and it's it's put us in a position where we can see the finish line now. Anyways, right. over to you, coach. Okay. So, <laughs> so, so I'm gonna give an analogy to put this in perspective. Our king of analogies here. It's not It's not a podcast with Deji and Sarah until you get an analogy. Yes. When an 18-year-old, 19-year-old, 20-year-old gets drafted to play professional sports, whatever sport, they know, the smart ones know, that there's an exit date in the future. In the very near future, they understand that at some point, They're gonna age, get injured. that you could get injured, age mm-hmm. washes you out. You're just not going to be able to play at the valor and and with the same youthfulness that you that you do when you're young. Also, the buzz usually dies down too. Right. So even from fame, it's like that. The the LeBron James, the Michael Jordan, the the kids who get to play till like they're 35, 40, we you, we know that is like the genetic exception. Mm-hmm. So and there's still a ceiling there. So the kids who do very well are the ones who come in. Know that I've got. 10 years if I'm lucky. Mm-hmm. It's more like eight. More like two, five. Two if I'm injured. So they come in. These are the ones who do very well after sports it ended, has ended for them because they came in knowing there was a finish line and they reverse engineered from that finish line. And that led to the decisions and habits they made about their careers. The ones who wash out and seem to have no money at the end of their playing career are the ones who come in a lot like how people go into their careers when we like when they get drafted they play like oh i'm gonna just keep playing till like there's no end date they just play like this shit just gonna keep going forever like they're just gonna get to play and do what they love to do forever and even (laughs) when they stop playing you know maybe i'll go be a sports analyst or some bullshit which you realize is only like two networks and two positions available (laughs) like Shaq gotta gotta retire before there's another sports analyst right so I love this. I love this. And, and when you're done, I have an analogy to build on. This. OK, OK. Let me finish this one. When you go into the workforce, call it from 16 years old. In my mind, when you when you get your first job at 16 or whenever you got your first job, in my mind, that is the day you got drafted into into the league, the league of ec- the, uh, the economic, economic workforce. Slavery, yeah. Yes, that was your draft day. 
but people out here playing because the mindset in which you got drafted into the game was just that very passive. Oh, I'm looking for a job. I got a job and get some after school money for my yeah, frappuccinos and then get my career going and, you know, be become a lawyer, doctor or whatever the fuck it is you want to become. And then you just kind of go into your career, We're taking just checking it in boxes, taking it this bullshit day at a time, one day, one foot, you know, put your, your shoes on one, yep. one foot at a time. And before you, that mindset, you think someone's in the background fixing this shit for you. Like your mom is behind you picking up your socks and shit like that. Oh, God no got you. figuring out your retirement behind the scenes. Right. Like it's just you, motherfucker. So, so it's when, just so you. when I got drafted, I had the end in mind. And the end in mind is how I backed my way into, okay, I need this amount of income to do it in this amount of years. Do I have the skill set currently to command that income in the marketplace? Oh, no, I don't. Okay, now I know what I need to go solve for. How do I get these skills built? And can I do that in this career? Yes, I can. Okay, cool. Now we got that part out the way. We got the earning and skill set part down. All right, cool. Now, how much money do I got to save every month and invest to get to the point I want to get to in the allotted time. Oh, the Chinese save at 50% of their after-tax income? Bet we're going to do that. Now, when we save 50% of our after-tax income, whatever is left is what's left for cost to live. So now my cost of living is is limited now or, or the, the, the nice things that I can buy are limited to what's left after the priority of savings is, is gone. So the analogy I was trying to make and the reverse engineering, the perception that's a bitch in this situation is the fact that most people go into their, their, their careers, go come into the game, get drafted into the league, not even thinking about the end. And you get drafted when you're so young, you're probably realizing now that you've been working for like 10, 15 years and you've never had this dialogue with yourself. So when I say perception is a fucking bitch, mm -hmm. the paradigm shift you're having right now in real time would not have happened if this podcast didn't happen. Okay. That's the perception being a bitch, the subtle influence of perception, and I'm about to get off my rant, the influence of perception in your life in ways you don't even realize. So I wanted to like kind of spin off of this with a different example of the same story. Okay. But first, I want to lead in with this story. I was at work today, and uh, one of my uh, team members was telling a story about how one of the kids in her class, she was trying to help direct her to which classroom was hers. It was this little, like, five-year-old kindergartner. So this kindergartner, they have these mixed classes where some of them are, they teach in all Spanish and some they teach in all English. So this little girl's in an all Spanish class, and she's like, I don't speak Spanish. And uh, my team member was like, well, that's okay. You'll, you'll learn. She's like, I don't think so. I don't know how I, how I got here. <laughs> so this five-year-old is looking up at this teacher like, Whew, I don't know how I got here. And we were all laughing because it's like, how many times we all look up in our life and look around like, how the fuck did we get here? How, how the fuck did we get here? And that, that's a state of being for a lot of us. We look up and we're like, I realized I have no control of my life and this shit just happened. I just kind of fell into something. And I, I, I say this because I've done this so many times. I fell into education as a major. I fell into bartending. I fell into management. They were things I did in the moment because I needed something 
And then you, you just kind of get. You needed a job. You needed yeah. money. There wasn't any thought beyond no. that. No. And then it's just kind of something that you get stuck in and it becomes a part of your life and your existence and your reality. It you work, right. So the analogy that I'm going to go into now is porn. Okay. <laughs> Where are we going with this? So you think about a lot of porn stars. It's something a lot of them, quote unquote, fall into. It's something they're like, oh, I want to be an actor. I'm in L.A. I'm trying to get big, but I don't know how to get agents to notice me. I need to make money. So, I'll, I, you know, I like sex. So I'll find I'll, I'll This movie director hits them up. And before you know, you know it, they're in a porn set. Yeah. They're like, oh, fuck. How did this happen? I'm, I'm doing porn. But this actually makes me think of this porn star who's extremely famous, had a really good career in porn, and actually became a producer and is now one of the producers of one, one of the of, richest porn stars. Mm-hmm, she ever. built a brand for herself. Yeah, she ended up businesswoman. Be, yeah, becoming a producer now has her own channel. Uh, is is very very well respected in that industry. And think what you will or, or not of the porn. Whether industry, you agree with it or not, it exists. It's a it's a viable business in this world, and people like the fuck. Recession fucking is proof. always going to be a business. <laughs> it always has been from the beginning of time. So. Anywho, I have a lot of respect for this lady. No, again, no matter what you think of the business itself, there's a there's a mindset that goes into going into porn and thinking, I'm not just going to go into this and let it be something that happens to me. I'm going to happen to it. I'm going to make this shit my bitch. Like if I'm going to get fucked, I'm going to get fucked I'm with a, a fuck purpose. Back. I'm yeah. a fuck back. I'm a, I'm fuck, a fuck backer. backer. <laughs> <laughs> this is my life. <laughs> That's what I say. I'm a fuck backer. You better be careful. Life, what you life fuck may with. life may fuck me, but I will fuck. I will fuck. I will back. fuck back. That's my. I, life. I remember the my interview you're referencing to. She said, "I came into the game. I came into the industry. Into with the an industry exit strategy. with an exit strategy and an exit date. She knew exactly what she needed to do. She how came much, in on time. How much? She what never accolades. fucked with her money. She wasn't popping pills and and showing up. Wasn't late. going to the parties. She was like, mm-hmm. I came in this game. Like, I fell into the game. This is not what I wanted to do with my life. But I was like, if she I'm here. She had a viable career before. She actually left it to pursue this. I think I you're think, right. right. I think you're right. I think she was like, in a, either way, she was an accountant or something. Something professional. Like, yeah. she had a legit career and then chose, like, she was like, she, I'm not She gonna, saw a quicker she, path to the yeah, end, to the end like, of the I'm economic game. She's like, I'm never going to get to, basically like us, looking at how long it would take her to retire in the way that she would like to retire. And realized it was a losing battle. But she could go over here, fuck some dudes, and make a shit ton of money. She, she's she like, I like sex. She, she didn't have the moral, the moral constraints that most people yes, would have. that would limit them from taking that path. Again, not saying that path is for everyone, but I'm saying whatever fucking industry, even if it's fucking retail, if it's, if, if it's hospitality, if it's teaching, whatever you're in fuck it back man it's fucking you you may not know it but it is sucking your life you are giving your life to whatever job you have it maybe is that's the title, fucking you maybe that's the title of this podcast fuck back, fuck back. <laughs> be a fuck backer <laughs> because it is it is fucking you and people are just going through this with no purpose it's like they're just laying there like a fish taking it like there's no thought there's no strategy and then they're wondering why it's miserable i've never met anyone or, and let me rephrase. Everyone I've asked what their ex- exit date is. They don't have one. They don't. They've never even thought about it. The only community, the fire community, the, the that's a group of people. Uh, fire is an acronym for financial independence retired early. 
people who are trying to get to early retirement, and I'm talking as early as 40, uh, some of them are actually coming into the community, getting it done like Like 30s. Um, Some of them are like kids who started working by 15, the really aggressive ones who had parents who were introduced to these ideas. Mm -hmm. These kids are are done by the time they're 30. Kids retiring. And and we're not just talking bullshit retirement, like millions in in accounts Mm -hmm. ready to go that they can live off interest for the rest of their lives. But it is such a paradigm shift in society today. And to think that way, that most people I'm sure everyone even hearing this right now is thinking, how is that even possible? Well, it really is crazy. It goes back to that checkbox thing. And I think most people are on autopilot in their life. It's kind of like when you get in the car and you're driving to work and it's a, it's a road you've driven so far so many times that you, you get there and then you look up and you're like, fuck, how did I even get here? Let me challenge your thought. Like, because most people would like to think that they are consciously living their lives. Like I pay my bills. I pay my mortgage. They're consciously I, unconscious. Hold on. Hold on. And I'm like, those things that you're doing that make you feel like you're conscious about how you're living your life, earning money to pay your bills and to pay your notes and whatever. Those are the things that are making you unconscious because you're not looking at the big picture of for how long can I sustain this? That's my point. It's like when you're driving, you're still- Like I can't sustain this. I know. So when you're driving, you're still clicking your your blinker. You're still doing all the responsible- But you're mindlessly doing it. You're mindlessly doing it. Yeah. So we pay our bills. we we, we, We spend so much energy doing the shit that gets us day to day to day that when you ask us to sit down and plan for retirement after a long ass day- Fuck planning retirement. Just when does it end for you? Yeah. like When does it end? People And look, my indicator of somebody who is conscious to the fact that they're an economic slave is asking them, what, when's your freedom date? At one point, what, what date does this end for you? How many years are you serving right now? We're all in fucking prison. We're it's economic prison. Yep. If you can't leave your job today and be free, you are a slave. And if you don't know when the date you get out of prison, like every prisoner in physical prison knows to some degree what date they get out. If you're serving 10 years, five years, 15 years, they know what day they get released. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to economic slavery, for some reason, maybe because the context of the imprisonment is different, people don't even, one, recognize that they're slaves. If they do recognize that they're slaves, it's like, okay, so when's your release date? They can't fucking tell you. And I, I think a lot of people put make themselves numb to it because it's so depressing. They don't want to think about it. Or they're like me from before I met you, where you feel like everyone works till they're old. So you just kind of feel like it's the way it is and that's the way it has to be. You know, it is what it is kind of mindset. And you just put it out of your mind. So for me, this is where I, again, I go back to the check marks. I feel like we all... Or most people go through the things that they think makes them good citizens and good contributors to the world around them. To society. So they pay their bills, they buy a house, they have three kids and a dog, they get married, you know, and maybe the order is different in there. I probably screwed the order up. But my point is we, we hit these check boxes we, and we work a job. Maybe we stay there for five years and then go to somewhere else for the next 10 years. And then we're somewhere else for the next five. Cause very few people are with the same company for 20, 30 years anymore. It's, that was like our grandparents' generation. So 
we don't have the same pensions. We don't have the same 401ks. We definitely don't have social security. What do we have? We have these checkboxes. We're good citizens. We're doing all the things we're supposed to do that's supposed to mean we end up safe at the end. But what scares the shit out of me is I think as much as homelessness is bad now, I feel like it's about to be a whole lot worse in about 30 to 50 years. I don't this know that generation, it's going to get that long. I think we're looking I'm, I'm, at 10 years. Shit, it's California's already there. I'm saying it's bad and many now. many states are saying, soon to follow. I'm saying when our generation is 60, 70 years old, that's the one I'm gotcha. really okay, scared okay, about. Okay. Because I think then you're going to see, for one, we have debts at an all-time high in this country across the board. So when you have the combination of people working menial jobs for less pay because inflation has not kept up with the cost of living, and we have people who are more in debt than ever before because they're keeping up with the Instagram Joneses. And then we have people who don't understand that they are in charge of their savings for retirement. No one is doing this for you. You have a recipe for disaster. Let me tell you what keeps me up at night, even more than the already existential points you brought up. Okay. Okay. And I'm thinking about our generation, millennials. Right now, I the feel ever, like ever yes. terrorized millennials. I've, I've been I've been saying for a while now that COVID nineteen did not change the world; it just accelerated the world ten years. Mm-hmm. It was an accelerant, basically, where we will be or where we should have been in ten years. We're already there now, which means that the think about all the big companies that existed thirty years ago that no longer exist: the mm-hmm. Sears, the Toys R Us, the companies that our grandparents, our parents worked for and where their pensions and economic you know opportunities and securities came from Mm -hmm. the shit that paid for your schooling the shit that paid for food on the table those companies are gone but think about the way they were gone they were phased out were they they? i feel like toys are no 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 no. they no they phased out they phased out like five ten years after they declared bankruptcy okay right the point I'm trying to make is when you look, there's a, there's a, we're at the precipice of a paradigm shift in how our economy operates. Yeah. And it's happening in, in days and months yeah. and in real time. Because businesses that we looked at before that were just everywhere and we're going anywhere. Are just nowhere now. They're gone. Right. But yet we have a generation of people who still think that the economy is built on these companies that have already gone under. Right. So we keep trying to like, which is why you're probably getting a lot of unemployment right now. And it's reflected even in the fucking S&P 500. I was having a conversation with a friend and I said, look, I think that in about five years, the companies in the S&P 500 right now will look completely different than what they look like today. A.K.A. in five. Like, think about the big companies in the S&P 500 that employ like 50% of the fucking population. If those companies, or you believe that technology would disrupt those companies significantly to where that like, it's a completely new set of players in the S&P, that's what we call a fucking transfer of wealth. When you look at what these companies are, when you look at what these companies are, mostly tech, how many people do you know got the skills to be even relevant in the economy that we're transitioning into? Not me. Not many. Not many that's what scares me more is not only are people not planning or knowing their exit date, people are not even conscious to the very abrupt jarring change 
to the economy that just happened. Call it COVID-19. Well, yeah. And you talked about how a lot of the companies that were even um, in existence pre-COVID and went out of business during COVID were all of these entertainment, superfluous kind of fun money spending, right? The the business for like movie theaters and, and ice skating rinks and, and restaurants. What are they going to like theme parks? Co- all co- that kind of yeah. fun time stuff. That's the shit that's getting shut down. And that's the kind of stuff that may not come fun, back. Fun money jobs. Yeah. Fun money jobs. It was weird because prior to COVID, they were like, you know, the unemployment is the lowest it's ever been. Two percent, three percent. okay. And then COVID happens and we realized that 80 percent of the jobs in the economy were fun money jobs, Mm -hmm. a.k.a. Americans, by and large, do not have the technical. They don't. They do. It fucks spend on shit. They don't need. They don't have the technical skill Mm -hmm. for the high level, high paying jobs Mm -hmm. because the fun money jobs account for about 80 percent of the jobs that employed people, which is why there's fucking what? 30 million like unemployed right now. It's like your bartender probably has two degrees. I'm just going to tell you that right now. That's the part that scares me more and keeps me like, okay, what does this shit look like? In 10 years, Mm -hmm. in 10 years, people who are not even aware of how like unqualified they are for the jobs that are present now, not even talking about the jobs that are going to be present in 10 years. Like when you start thinking about the end and working your way back into it, a lot of shit becomes pretty obvious because Mm -hmm. you've switched your perspective. You've switched your point of view. You've switched the framework with which you're looking and operating. So rather than trying to be forward looking, we're trying to be like, I've always said hindsight's a bitch. Yeah. Right. Hindsight is like perception. Only when time has passed, do you look back and go, fuck, I wish I knew now what I knew then. So this, I wish I knew then what I know now, how the fuck it sounds. So this is, um, you know, one of those Bible stories that I think about that I actually, it's a great moral story. And it's the story of the seven years of plenty and the, the, the seven years of famine. I love that one. Um, and it was it uh, David? I think Daniel? so. David? No, Joseph. 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 Yeah. You can't Shit, forget I'm your in. Bible. It ain't been that long. It's been that long, man. It's been a while. It's Joseph. been a minute. Joseph. So Joseph had the dream when he was in Egypt about the seven years of plenty and the seven years of famine. So when he was in charge of everything. The and, grain. Yeah. He put all the grain back, he planned, he made everyone tithe and give, and he stored up so that everyone would have plenty. So he when everyone around them, seven years. yeah, when everyone around them was starving, they were okay. Like their people were good. And this is the point that like, we're kind of Joseph right now saying the shit's good right now. I know it's hard and it's not the best, but it's actually good. All things considered, like th- there's ways to make and save money right now. But the shit is coming and it's coming way worse. So y'all are thinking you're in the famine when you're in the plenty and you need to be saving up now. So so clarify that point, because there's somebody who's living paycheck to paycheck now who's not quite catching that point. Right. Because most people and this is where hope is not a viable strategy, yeah. because most people are operating on hope or this belief that, you know what, I, tr- I got to. I got to get to a point where I make more. Yeah. I got to get to a point where I, you know, win the lottery or where mm-hmm. I, you know, get my side hustle going or there, there's like, I, you know, this will all, there's this hope and belief that things get better when they get to a certain 
check mark mm -hmm. that may never come, right? Yeah. So you're looking at that person saying, you know what, your mindset's fucked up. But well, it's most, very most people are so bad with money that they don't even know that they're bad with money. Like I was um, talking with someone the other day. She's like, oh, yeah, we're trying to save money on groceries. And then I saw a post later that day from the same person eating at Salada had bought a $15 salad. <laughs> I'm like, like, you just said you're trying to save money on food and you went and bought a $15 salad. You could got a bag, bought an entire bag of, of romaine for like two cents at the grocery store. I could have bought and, the entire box of ramen noodles and that'd have been a right? lunch and dinner for two weeks. Like, like my, my point is that there's ways to eat and, and, and live and exist on a budget and most people are so far removed from that mindset that yeah they're living paycheck to paycheck and they're justifying every expense as a non-negotiable expense when in reality every expense is negotiable yes like, <laughs> i have never met a non-negotiable expense one of the best uh, teachable moments that you had with me was I always, so I grew up poor and we always shopped for deals, right? And we always shopped for deals, but we were, we were poor with some money. So some flexibility, um, but we didn't have a lot, but we had a lot of kids. So we always bought in bulk. So I, I always just shopped with the, like the Costco type of shopping. Yeah. And, and you had to switch me to that mindset of it, it may be a deal, but it may not be a deal for you. So if you walk into the store and they have, you have $10 in your pocket, and they have peanut butter, buy two for five. It's a great deal. Yes. But it's not a deal to you. It'd be better for you to money. buy the one at three, even though it's 50 cents more, than when you can then afford to go buy That's bread a paradigm and eggs shift. and That's ramen. That's a paradigm shift for a lot of people. Because when you walk into the store, you, you have a finite amount to spend, mm -hmm. 10 bucks. You walk in and you see peanut butter, and honey on sale two for three that's 30 percent of your 10 bucks gone the peanut butter is a good deal solid amazing deal that's a dollar 50 per jar and i'm talking the good kind the smucker's peanut butter not the jiff or the kroger brand as great as it is a deal it is not a deal for you it's not a deal to you you have 10 bucks you're better served buying the one peanut butter for two bucks. Mm -hmm. Now you can allocate capital on other things that you need. People don't understand that. But like you said, we would go into the store and be like, oh, but it's on sale. Let's buy in bulk. I'm like, no, because now we can't buy shit else. Yep, we're stuck. And and so there, that was one of those paradigm shifts for me. But a lot of it, too, was working backwards on our rent and saying like, Okay, because the way they tell you what you can afford for rent is fucked up. They tell you to spend like 25% of what you make on, on housing. housing. And most people even push that because they want to live in nicer housing. So they spend about 50% of what they make on housing. Of what they make after tax. After on, tax, yeah. On housing. So my my point is that you should be spending what, like an eighth? A, for a for us, it came down to 10 percent yeah on housing about a tenth yeah so it didn't matter like we've lived in some ghetto ass places some shitty some places. shitty places like our first apartment was 300 bucks a month because look <laughs> but by the time i saved 50 percent of my after-tax income and i looked at the other 50 percent i'm looking at you like well sarah we're looking for a three hundred dollar apartment. Remember how dark that place was? It had that. It was a cell. Wood it was a cell. Paneling. It was a cell. It was a cell. It wasn't an apartment. It was a cell. Okay. <laughs> it was. Uh, yeah. It was. 
It was dark. That was some, you right. felt the walls closing in on you in that place. Now, as we've made more, that 10% has gone up. Like 12, 13. Yeah. Well, and also we have more in that 10%. True, true. So it's still about 10%, but we're right. We're you a little know, more bougie now. Yeah, but, but time has passed. But it's, it's, it's kind of like how, you know, I think it's God who said it, but... <laughs> He who is faithful with a little will be the exact same. Well, faithful with a lot. With, with a lot. It, it doesn't even matter. You got to know how to manage your shit. Like this stuff, like I said, again, no one will do this for you. I mean, unless you hire someone, I guess. You could hire Deji. He'd do it for you. But no, no, I'm getting to the point now. <laughs> you don't want to be someone's financial advisor? No, I've done the shit for free for too many people. It's time to start charging. But but point being is you need to figure out, for one, what is your strategy to get out? Like, are you planning to do this till you're 70? And even if so, will you have enough when you are 70 to actually support yourself until you die should you hypothetically live till you're 80 or 90 or 100? Like, you, we all know that we will die someday. But you, well, you have to plan like you will. The illusion is knowing that you will die someday. Yeah. That's 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 the perception is a bitch phrase right there. I will die Be someday is yeah. not the same as I will die next Tuesday. Yeah. So people get caught in this YOLO kind of mindset. And I think it's important to remember while, yes, you need to live like you will die tomorrow. You need to plan as if you will live forever. As we end the podcast, I want to share one last thought that I think may be relevant. One thing that I've always said to you is like, Sarah, the money gets spent either way. True. It, it gets spent. On the front or the back end. I would just much rather spend it on the back end and take the gamble that I live to see the back end. Mm-hmm. And by back end, I don't mean like 70, 80 years old. I'm thinking like 40, right? It's, it's back end for me because we... We give gave up a lot of luxuries, travel and all that in the youth. Yeah. Because I've always said that I can do experiences when I'm old. I ain't in no rush. I can pace myself. I'm not trying to do work when I'm old. At that point, I am tired. I'm exhausted. My body hurts. I'm not as mentally sharp. And this is this is a young man's sport. <laughs> Business is a young man's game. I'm not trying to do this shit. When I'm old. Well, think okay. about this, too. Think about this. Hold on. Think about this. They say that with that experiment, experiment that you remember how things end more I, than you I, remember That was how... going to be my next point. Okay. So there's this TED Talk where they measured people's experience and how well they feel they lived life. The, the, and we've done this on previous podcasts where um, there, there were two kids who had... Uh, they call it the their, They went to the dentist, had their tooth taken out. The first kid was given a lollipop at the start of the surgery, uh, of the procedure. And the second kid was given a lollipop at the end of the procedure. Same procedure, lasted the exact same amount of time, same procedure done. Disproportionately, every time they asked the kids, who had the better experience of this very painful yeah. uh, procedure. The kid who got the sucker at the end of the lollipop at the end of the surgery, 100% of the time had a better experience of this very negative experience. 
Okay. The kids who got their lollipop at the start of the procedure every time hated the procedure and hated the experience. The way the mind works, and this might be another paradigm shift for somebody. It's my way of saying perception's a bitch. The way the mind works, most people front load their positive life experiences, their travel, their mm-hmm. their their going out, the fun stuff. You front load it at the beginning of your life, and then you put on the back end the mature, boring stuff, the adulting shit. You put that shit Buckling off to down. the end. Yeah. And I'm like, I I'm Got probably wrong. I'm I'm not telling you that I'm right. I'm just saying that the way the mind works, you might have it backwards. You might want to switch the shit. But I do get it though, because you don't know how long you're gonna live for. Life is a gamble. Either way, the gamble that I take is to front load all the bad shit, all the hard shit, while I have the youth to to Atlas shrug. It's like Atlas shrugged. I have the youth and and the valor to 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 hold the world to hold the world on my shoulders. I'm not trying to be holding this heavy ass adulting shit while you need a walker. When I need a walker. (laughs) And and from that point of view is why I've made the financial decisions I've made with the exit strategy that I have in mind. We appreciate you guys listening to our conversation today. If you like what you heard, please definitely give us a five-star rating on whatever audio platform you listen to your podcast on and fucking share this good content with somebody you love. Any last words, Sarah? Let them do what they want. The people be their own people. They're not your slaves. Freedom! (laughs) I need you to give five stars. We appreciate you guys, and we'll see you next time.